Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. everybody, it's Bethany Blankley hosting America's Betrayal and Renegade Talk Radio. And although I really don't think this uh, GOP primary debate was that important or consequential, I've been asked to talk about it, people have been asking me my opinion. So there are a couple things I want to point out, and you'll be able to read more about this on my website, bethanyblankley.com, because it's I've written a column that will appear in several news organizations, probably today or tomorrow. Anyway, I, I want to point out several problems that this non-debate, it was really more like a Q&A, highlighted. The first is that the GOP is divided. It has been for years. We have 17 people who are vying for the presidential nomination, which is absolutely ridiculous. They are distracting people. They are detracting from the issues. And they are dividing financial and material resources among great audience that could otherwise get behind and advance one winnable candidate. Basically, the Republican Party has done a very good job at self-destructing. And they are imploding because they cannot agree on who they are. The GOP does not know how to define itself. They have a branding problem. They have a communications problem. And they have a voter base problem because conservatives like myself can't vote for the establishment and mainstream liberal Republican candidates that they've been putting out there. No conservative could support John McCain or Mitt Romney. But why do those types of candidates keep getting picked? Same thing with Jeb Bush. I mean, you see this over and over and over again, where the people behind the scenes, behind that curtain, like in The Wizard of Oz, quite literally, we are dealing with The Wizard of Oz. There's a guy yanking all the chains behind the curtain. One of them is Karl Rove and uh, other major donors. And they are basically dividing and self causing the self-destruction of the Republican Party. And this is the third presidential election that the GOP is evidencing self-destruction. There's someone I know who describes himself as a political operative, and he talks about how politics and political parties are based Based on addition and you have to use your base. And I said, yeah, okay. But the reality is the GOP evidences division, not addition and multiplication, but division and subtraction. They have already divided and allowed anybody else to conquer them by themselves. The Democrats don't need to do anything. They can just sit back and watch the Republicans self-destruct because that is what they did in 2008 and 2012. And only by miracles, which could have been completely illegal ones, was President Bush, George W., elected twice. There's a lot.
lot of speculation as to how he narrowly won both of those elections. As there has been speculation about the primary between Obama and Hillary, and there was a lot of speculation about voter fraud and why Hillary and Bill Clinton never contested that, I will never know. So the Republicans have 17 candidates, which is absolutely ridiculous. Nobody knows who most of them are. And while they're all debating or non-debating about non-issues, Democrats are building a war chest of billions of dollars. By the way, Hillary Clinton will spend a billion dollars running for president if she gets this Democrat nomination, which, by the way, she should be in jail for multiple reasons and for multiple years. I mean, we're talking about going into the 90s that she's evaded going to jail for many, many reasons. So anyway, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats will spend billions of dollars trying to tell the American people that they're just like them and that they can relate to the common average American person, which is a bunch of bunk. Nobody who's raising billions of dollars from foreign nationals, foreign companies and American corporations is going to relate to the average person when they are continuing. Both Democrats and Republicans are continuing to enable corporate welfare. So we have conservative and establishment candidates. We have a divided GOP. Social media exploded last night. Tweets, Facebook posts. People were going crazy last night over Megyn Kelly's attacks on Donald Trump. It was obvious that she has this very specific bias against him, and justifiably, there was a huge backlash against her. I mean, Kelly asked Trump some of the stupidest questions anyone has ever asked a candidate ever in the history of presidential debates. I mean, Kelly won the award for the stupidest questions ever asked in the history of of presidential debates. In fact, this is a non-debate, so I'm not quite sure how that counts. I mean, it really was a Q&A. They weren't debating anything. And and yet the media circus just continues because there was a red state event this weekend uh, where Trump was disinvited and, and people just can't get over the media Twitter war between Trump and Kelly. The, the reality is that if Fox News were fair and balanced, she wouldn't have been going after him in the way that she did. Ted Cruz and Rand Paul would have gotten time. And by the way, if you if anybody ever does watch Fox News, you might notice that they consistently exclude people they don't like. So Senator Rand Paul and Senator Ted Cruz, they're consistently left off of poll coverage. So and so's getting this in the polls, so and so's getting this in the polls. Well, they exclude Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. Well, they are candidates running as the Republican nominee. And Ted Cruz has challenged Fox News's debate stand. It was very obvious in terms of who got the most time during the debate and also by the amount of time that was not spent on specific issues and also allowing every candidate equal time to respond to questions and to debate with each other. And so I think we see at least two key areas of problems that the debate highlighted. One, the GOP is divided, which is not news. It has been for many years. And two, now conservatives and social media are saying Fox News was not fair and balanced. They, in fact, were incredibly biased in their coverage, in their ineptitude and favoritism expressed, by the way, towards Jeb Bush. I mean, Jeb Bush got off 
really easy. If if they really wanted to go after someone, it would have been to go after Jeb Bush. But the reason they didn't, I'll get back to in a minute. I've got to take a break. This is Bethany. You're listening to America's Betrayal. I'm Renegade Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That's not cool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. everybody. It's Bethany. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm glad that you are listening to America's Betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio. To read more, listen to more, and learn more, go to my website at bethanyblankley.com. Now, I want to finish talking about Fox News and why they are not fair, balanced, and they are indeed biased towards the mainstream, moderate, or what is more commonly known as establishment Republicans. Establishment Republicans, they're not necessarily fiscal or social conservatives. They have the deepest pockets. They're the most well-connected in terms of family establishment and links to financial backing. Establishment Republicans will always try to say that they're conservative to a conservative base, but then when they address like the log cabin Republicans or people who support civil unions or same-sex marriages, then they have another message. It's why when you listen to Jeb Bush or you read any of the news articles about him, he was before something, before he was against it, before he was before it again, if that makes any sense. So he's flip-flopped on whether or not he supports traditional marriage, whether or not he supports same-sex marriage, and whether or not he supports or doesn't support Planned Parenthood. And by the way, Planned Parenthood is a total misnomer. There's nothing about planning parenthood in there. In fact, over 90% of their quote-unquote pregnancy services goes towards abortion. So in light of the recent videos that have been uncovered that exposed Planned Parenthood executives joking and eating salad and drinking wine while they talk about selling baby parts and baby tissue to STEM Express and other research, biological research and stem cell research companies, this all came up as it should have in light of the fact that Jeb Bush was a founding board member of one of Bloomberg's charities. And so former Mayor Michael Bloomberg's foundation specifically sent $50 million in funds directly supporting Planned Parenthood global initiatives that increase abortions specifically in third world countries. And what I want people to understand is that Planned Parenthood is rooted in eugenics. It has nothing to do with women's rights. It has nothing to do with health care. It has to do with aborting babies, which is 
why, and specific babies, which is why Planned Parenthood is almost always located in a minority or a low-income neighborhood. Now, why is that the case? Margaret Sanger, who is the originator and founder of a movement and an organization that later became Planned Parenthood, and she noticed that the immigrants and the minorities and the lower-income people, they just kept popping out kids. And she said, all of these poor people keep having kids and they're like vermin and they need to be disinfected. And so she had this whole movement of of women's lib and empowerment to be having access to birth control. But at the end of the day, what she was really saying is we need to get rid of the these filthy Irish immigrants, these filthy Italian immigrants. We need to get rid of all the immigrants, the Polish, everybody else from Eastern Europe who was coming in. And so Planned Parenthood actually became a beacon for elitists at the Ivy League schools who were advocating all kinds of studies in eugenics. In fact, it was the Rockefellers who funded the Nazi scientists who were experimenting on people at Auschwitz. Hitler quoted Yale researchers and writers in Mein Kampf. Hitler learned primarily about eugenics through publications from Yale. And the Bush family, the Bush dynasty, their legacy is completely integral to Planned Parenthood. Prescott Bush, Jeb Bush's grandfather, was a founding fundraiser for Planned Parenthood in the 40s. His father, George Herbert Walker Bush, was also a supporter of Planned Parenthood. In fact, he was an advocate for for birth control use in the 90s, the nickname of former President George Herbert Walker Bush was Rubbers. And so George Herbert Walker Bush had to renounce his support of Planned Parenthood and renounce his support of abortion or birth control publicly in order to be allowed to be on the ticket with Ronald Reagan. And so the irony is that here we are three generations later and Jeb Bush is linked, of course, as a board member of a charity that's giving $50 million in funds directly to a global initiative to increase abortions in third world countries. So he is asked about this and he says he had no knowledge. Well, how is it that a, a founding board member would not have any knowledge about where $50 million went? Or how could he not know that Planned Parenthood was or a longtime recipient of funds from former Mayor Michael Bloomberg's foundations? And wouldn't you want an executive of a charity organization to be interested in or aware of where that organization is sending $50 million? You know, and nobody brought up the Bush family's generational connections to Planned Parenthood. Nobody brought that up. And nobody pushed back. No one pushed back on Jeb Bush. Nobody pushed back to say, well, wait a minute, how could you not know? And if you didn't know, are you lying or are you just incompetent? That's one issue. Another issue about Fox News not being being fair or balanced in regards to the Bushes is that the second largest shareholder of Fox News is a Saudi prince, a billionaire actually, Awalid bin Talal. And he owns a company called Kingdom Holding Company. And Kingdom Holding Company owns 6.6% of Rupert Murdoch's entertainment company, 21st Century Fox. And under 21st Century Fox is Fox Searchlight, Fox Broadcasting Network, and Fox News. It's no secret that the Saudis have been closely connected to the Bush dynasty for nearly 100 years. So 
is this why Fox News continues to pre- show preferential treatment towards Jeb Bush? Is the Saudi connection why the moderators failed to ask Jeb about his buddy-buddy relationship with Hillary Clinton? Why did nobody ask Jeb Bush about presenting the Liberty Medal on the eve of the Benghazi anniversary to none other than Hillary Clinton. Seriously, one of the things that I keep advocating is that if Jeb Bush is going to be the Republican nominee, there's no need to have a presidential election. What I have been advocating for a very long time is that Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton could be a joint 2016 presidential ticket. They have so much in common. They're buddy buddies. He's giving this Liberty Medal to Hillary Clinton. So the irony is that we have Saudi Arabia directly involved with Fox News coverage. I think that also has to do with why Fox doesn't refer to Islam as Islam. It's they refer to anything related to Islam as radical Islam or radicalized extremists. They don't refer to people who follow the Quran as Islamists. They don't actually talk about what the Quran teaches. They talk about peaceful, moderate Muslims. All of this is a bunch of bunk. In fact, Saudi Arabia is one of the worst human rights violators on the planet solely because they're under Sharia law. Megyn Kelly wouldn't be on television in Saudi Arabia. Megyn Kelly wouldn't even be allowed to go to school or drive a car. She certainly wouldn't be an attorney. She certainly wouldn't be a host on television. You know, Trump made a joke about blood coming from Megyn Kelly's eyes, but what he should have said is it's blood money. It's Saudi blood money that was directing Megyn Kelly's vitriol towards Trump, regardless if she thinks Trump is competent or not. The reality is that Megyn Kelly could have gone as hard on Jeb Bush, if not more so than on Donald Trump. What I think most Americans saw, especially conservatives or even former Republicans, is that they were disgusted by a boring, horribly managed, horribly run debate that wasn't a debate, but was a Q&A designed to attack Donald Trump, to not ask questions of candidates they didn't like, like Ted Cruz or Santorum or Rand Paul, and to really just give as much time as they could to discuss crediting Trump and then giving time to Jeb Bush. So I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to discuss what I saw the debates clearly show is the fundamental problem in America, one of the fundamental problems in America, which is the monopoly of the news media and that 90% of the media in America is only owned by six corporations. That means 90% of what every American who watches the news, listens to the news, or reads the news is censored and controlled by six corporations and only by the executives of these corporations, which is less than 275 people. We'll be back. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. We must be over the rainbow. 
everyone, and I'm back. It's Bethany. I'm hosting America's Betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio. So I've been talking about the debates, which were really not a debate. I've been talking about the moderators, who were really not moderators, and they were ordered, directed by Roger Ailes or Karl Rove or whoever is pulling the strings, like the guy behind the curtain and the Wizard of Oz. I mean, we are literally watching Wizard of Oz in front of us. The guy is behind the curtain. He's yanking the chain, pulling the levers, and Dorothy's saying, let me talk to him. Let me talk to the wizard. Let me talk to him. And he doesn't exist. And so that's the whole point. These moderators were directed and told what to say and to target Trump because the GOP establishment has already chosen Jeb Bush as the nominee. The Democratic establishment has already chosen Hillary Clinton. And I've already argued that they should both just be running mates and both be on the 2016 presidential ticket. We don't need to have an election. Jeb and Hillary are so much alike. Why not have them just be the next president or vice president and all the the people who can't stand them can move to Canada or somewhere else. I mean, <clears throat> that's really what they're thinking. The establishment has already determined it. And can you believe the arrogance of Megyn Kelly? So Ted Cruz, she is interviewing Ted Cruz and, and she says, well, if you like Donald Trump so much, why don't you get out of the race? I mean, she is such an arrogant person. She is, this is what I always say, somebody's true colors are always going to come out. And it's getting to the point where people are really just showing everyone else who they really are. And who she really is is a puppet who's getting six-figure salary a month to do exactly what she's told. She never would have done that on her own. She never would have attacked Donald Trump on her own. She was directed to do that. If she was just this wild, off-the-rails moderator attacking one person and not everyone else, she could have been fired. But that wasn't the case. That was a directive to go in there and to discredit Donald Trump because Donald Trump is a threat to the establishment because everybody who is not going to vote for Jeb Bush, like myself, is going to vote for a third-party candidate. Now, the reason why Megyn Kelly is doing what she's told is because that's what all of the anchors and reporters for all of the news organizations do. There is no actual reporting anymore. There is no actual investigation. The sad reality is that only six corporations own 90% of the media in America. These are the six corporations, CBS, Comcast, Disney, News Corp, Time Warner, and Viacom. It's no surprise that you would see all of this transgender homosexual agenda out there it makes sense now when you think about how all of the news that you hear, if you flip through the channels, they're all quote unquote reporting the same information. It's because 90% of the media in America is owned by six corporations. And I want to give you a picture. There are 1,500 newspapers in America, about 1,000, and these are approximations. 1,500 newspapers, 1,000 magazines, 9,000 radio stations, 1,500 television stations, 2,400 publishers left in America. These six corporations all control those newspapers, magazines, radio stations, television stations, and publishers, and directed by 275, less than 275 executives. I want you to think about that. Less than 275 people are controlling what is disseminated as news. And think about it. You have an entire audience, for example, like the size of San Francisco. The population of San Francisco is being told information by one person, and they're only allowed 
allowed to have access to information that is censored and controlled by one person. And that's similar to what our news organizations are today. It's like one person dictating what an entire population of San Francisco can read, hear, or listen to as news. And that's a lot of control for one person to have. <clears throat> These six corporations, they have all of the control over what Americans can learn as news. Their revenue in 2010, for example, was over $275 billion. That's $36 billion more than Finland's GDP. So the amount of money that these six corporations made is their 2010 revenue was 36 billion times more than another country's GDP. That's insane. So I want you to think about this. 275 people control and censor what 90% of Americans hear, read, or view. And the Federal Communications Commission is well aware of it. They've overseen this process. They've allowed it. In fact, they've even enabled it. And what we have is regulated and enforced monopolies. It's why when I used to live in Brooklyn and in other parts of New York City, New Yorkers will tell you this. We have no choice. There is no choice. You can only buy Time Warner cable. And Time Warner cable is the worst. So I went without cable because I refused to only have one choice of having to buy Time Warner cable. It's ridiculous, but that's the monopoly that exists. So in certain part of the countries, you can only purchase cable or internet access from a particular company. And by the way, that's communism. That's not a free market system. So these monopolies have consolidated power over information that Americans can receive and incredible profit. And guess what? A lot of this started under Bill Clinton in 1996. The Telecommunications Act lifted a lot of regulatory constraints and it actually helped all of these companies consolidate power. And by 2011, the FCC had eliminated even more regulations including the fairness doctrine. And the fairness doctrine <clears throat> says that if you're going to report news, you need to provide it that's fair and balanced so that you can hear both sides of an argument. And so the fairness doctrine doesn't exist anymore. That's why all of the media channels are so polarized. That's why you have buffoons like Al Sharpton and Chris Matthews, Rachel Maddow. You have Megyn Kelly, the Fox News channel that's purporting one agenda, and it's not fair and balanced. You have MSNBC providing another agenda, and that's not fair and balanced. You have ABC Family promoting underage sex, transgender, sex changes, gay sex through Disney. It makes perfect sense now because it's like you can't turn on the television today and not watch a single episode or program that doesn't have a lesbian character theme running through it, transgender theme. Or gay sex. Seriously. So here's the problem with by eliminating the fairness doctrine, you're allowing broadcasters to provide less balanced coverage of issues and it increased the number of commercial advertisements that could be aired per hour. So anybody fed up with all the commercials? Thank you. Bill Clinton. Thank Barack Obama, because in 2011, the fairness doctrine was eliminated. And so today we do not have a journalism industry. We don't have reporters who are actually investigating and reporting facts or news. For example, right now, all of this debate nonsense and all of the infighting between in the Republican Party and Megyn Kelly being a jerk towards Ted Cruz or Rand Paul or Donald Trump, and then doing this PR interview with Jeb Bush, which was a bunch of bunk, all of that 
is detracting from the reality that Hillary Clinton is being investigated by five federal agencies. Five government agencies are are investigating Hillary for fraud, for criminal activity. And this is a woman who was fired as an attorney when she was working on on a subcommittee during the Watergate hearing because they said that she was dishonest, deceitful, and manipulative. And so she got fired. She couldn't even be trusted as an as an attorney during the Watergate hearings. And so we are looking at criminal charges of Hillary Clinton dating back to this to at least that I know of to the 90s. But there no one is talking about the reality that Hillary Clinton should be in jail. And if they did, then they would have to point out other establishment candidates who should also be in jail. But here's another thing. If reporters had been investigating actual facts, then we would know everything there is to know about the Benghazi embassy attack. They would have investigated. They would have uncovered information. They would have reported on the facts. And these are the facts about Benghazi. You can read about it on my website. I have columns I've written and links. Benghazi was a CIA-led operation designed to smuggle weapons from Libya because after the Arab Spring under Obama it was designed to get rid of Qaddafi and Qaddafi had this incredible weapons stash so the CIA goes in gets Qaddafi's weapons and then they bring it to Syria because Saudi Arabia wants to depose Assad so the US does Saudi Arabia's bidding the CIA smuggles the weapons from Libya to Syria then they use that to train the quote-unquote Syrian rebels who are really Turkish mercenaries to overthrow Assad. And that is exactly how ISIS was created. ISIS, the Islamic State, they are using the weapons that the CIA smuggled. They are using weapons and military ammunition, communications. They're using all of the things that Obama specifically left behind in Iraq. And that is what ISIS is using to kill Christians and annihilate and destroy most of Syria and Iraq. Now, you have to understand, none of what happened in Libya had anything to do with the stupid movie or film that Susan Rice and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama blamed the whole Benghazi thing on. But every single news organization, quote unquote, reported it. All they needed to do was use common sense. Common sense would have had said, let me ask these questions. How could any Libyan understand a video in English that wasn't even widely distributed? And if even if they did know English words, how would they have understood who any of the characters were or or understood satire or comedy because only Western people would have understood it because it was the worst acting. In fact, I wouldn't even call it acting. It is the worst whatever filming of whatever it is. It's worse than what some what children could do. It's not believable. It's not funny. It's not it's not satirical. I I personally thought it was the stupidest, worst acting of anything I've ever seen, quite literally. The Innocence of Muslims film isn't even a film. In fact, I don't even know what to call it. Google it. Look it up on YouTube. It's a bunch of white guys wearing fake beards that you can tell. You can tell there's a fake background. They have a white woman playing whoever she's... I don't even know who any of these people are supposed to be. That's the whole point. If I can't figure out who these characters are, how on earth are Libyans supposed to figure it out? They're not. 
That's the whole point. There's no way all of that writing and everything else would have happened. None of that would have happened because of a stupid English movie that nobody was able to even see. But the basic facts, the media did not report about Benghazi and they are still not reporting because they are being censored by the two less than 275 news executives who have been bought and paid for and are in cohorts with politicians, with people in the White House. Nobody wants this to get out. Nobody wants these government scandals to get out because it would incriminate and reveal people in Congress who are guilty of treason. And you can listen to other programs and read it. Go to my website, BethanyBlankley.com. There are tons of Republicans who are guilty of treason. And if Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were exposed over Benghazi, so would all of these other people. So the news organizations do not allow reporters to actually report. All of the crap that's going on in the Middle East is largely America's fault. They are using American weapons, ammunition, money. And what are we getting in response? We are getting the blood of our young men and women on foreign soil for no reason. And this is the whole point. If national security was really an issue, then the moderators would have brought it up. They would have brought up Article 3 of the Constitution. There would have been, why would there not have been congressional hearings? There were congressional hearings about Watergate. Watergate is nothing compared to what's going on today. Iran-Contra is nothing compared to what's going on today. The moderators would have asked every single person on that panel, why is the American government sending billions of dollars to a country that has openly Expressed its intent to destroy America. They've said it publicly out in the open. America is the great Satan. America is its enemy. So why on earth are people in Congress deliberating as to whether or not and how much we should be sending money and resources to a sworn enemy that has declared it wants to kill us. No one is talking about that, not the not the moderators and not certainly not the establishment Republicans. There's one more thing I want to say about this. The media is not talking about Iran or the CIA because it hasn't been doing that since 1970, at least since 1979. People may or may not know this. There was a temporary program that was created by ABC News. It was called America Held Hostage. And it was created specifically to keep the American people tuned in about what was going on with the hostage crisis in Iran in 1979. And that nightly news report actually morphed from being a temporary program to what became Nightline. And Nightline is a perfect example of media propaganda created by the government to disseminate false information. If America held hostage program by ABC News actually reported the facts, what they would have told the American people is that the 1979 hostage crisis was a result of a revolution of Iranians trying to depose the Shah and a totalitarian government that America had created in 1953. The CIA was directly involved in overthrowing Iran's democratically elected republic in 1953. 
1973. The Iranians suffered immensely for 25 years because of American foreign policy, because of American leaders, because of the CIA, and they were torturing and killing people and creating a secret police service. All of those methods are still being used today and killing Christians. Did Nightline ever point out that Iran was a democratic republic republic prior to America's 1953 coup? Did Nightline ever discuss Eisenhower's Adams for Peace program? Because Eisenhower was the one that started all of this quote-unquote nuclear research and nuclear resources for Iran. Where do people think Iran got all this from? They didn't just, it just didn't come out of the sky. The problem is, is that what the news media is reporting is actually not news. The majority of it is false information that is determined by less than 275 people who are working with the government to provide information that is deceptive. It's disinformation. It's not factual. I could go on and on and on about this. I just want to point out that this debate, A, it wasn't a debate. Be it, it exposed falsehood behind Megyn Kelly and Fox News. And it also furthers my argument that 90% of the news in America that people are receiving are have been determined by two, less than 275 executives of six corporations. I want you to think about that. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio, where you have a choice as to what the news is that you want to hear, accurate news, and information so you can be informed and actually do something about it and say, you know what? We're not going to just be spoon-fed and receive all of this stuff that you're shoving down our throat. It's not true. And as American citizens, we deserve, the Constitution demands it as our right to know what the government is doing, the people who we elect who are allegedly supposed to represent us. The Constitution demands it, and we as citizens of America should demand it as well. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio.